Welcome back to The Mountains and the Sea, where we look at the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today, today. Deja vu. That's right. We went right back to our very first episode, all about Love Sexy. Love Sexy. Uh Uh-huh. I just ruined the whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) that's all right. (laughs) I think they've heard it before. It's been out for over 30 years. True. You know. You didn't re- you didn't spoil it for anybody. Mm. It's good. <laughs> you seem like you disagree <laughs> that you spoiled it. Anyway, I went back and put clips. That's why we call it reloaded. 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 Because we did take a little holiday break. That's right. And, and we this- take that opportunity to assign Christy the task of doing more work. Yes, but I did take an entire week off of doing podcast stuff and yeah. it was fantastic and when it was time to come edit this episode and add all those clips in it was super fun i really enjoyed it so the break worked yeah and i hadn't listened to this episode in a long long time so i kind of was hanging on our every word well i go oh what did we think about this and well why didn't we talk more about this stuff because we didn't know what we were doing yes. it's the first time we made and a interesting podcast that you found that uh the podcast discussion has changed quite a bit from episode one to where we are now i have not listened to this since when it first aired, um, I don't do a lot of listening to our podcast. Yeah, yeah. you'll you'll listen to it like once after it comes out. I'll You're scrub, partly, I'll yeah. scrub through it. <laughs> I'm a podcast scrubber. Oh, okay. Well, you were there for the conversation initially. That's true. So, yes. You know, it's fine that yeah. you don't listen. I listen to it in full. Right. But so when we first started the podcast, we had not yet gone to the trouble or. Uh, detail of adding song clips in for what we were discussing. Well, it was just we were the two of us. And while yeah. we were very entertaining, <laughs> I think the podcast is helped greatly by a little snippet here and there of the songs that we're discussing. Yeah. Just so that you can actually hear exactly what we're talking about. That's really fun. Yeah, not have to go back, pause the podcast, go find the clip yourself. If you want to be like, what are these fools talking about? Uh-huh. You have to find it yourself. The proof is right there in the podcast, as they say. Mm-hmm. Not the pudding, the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. It was interesting to go back and listen to this because it's funny. I made note that during the Black Album, mm-hmm. we that coverage that came out a couple weeks ago, I was yes. like, who was Bonnie Boyer? Oh, well, maybe if I had paid attention during our very first episode, I would know because you mentioned her name right there, oh, Bonnie sh- Boyer. Her name is in the credits. That's right. Well, yeah. and I had... At that point, I ju- I felt like yeah. since you said her name, I should probably know who she was, and I was just kind of a fake it till you make it kind of situation. You mean everything on this podcast isn't one hundred percent truthful and authentic. No, it is, but I didn't want to admit I didn't know who Bonnie Boyer was. Yeah, you were more, you were a little more of a newbie back then than that's, you thought, maybe. That's that's right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, sure, Bonnie Boyer, uh huh, and completely forgot about it until. Prince shattered her out on the Black Album, and yeah. now it's come full circle. Yeah, we finished our 1994 epic coverage of, uh, well, 94, 95 production from Prince, and we decided our escape from <laughs> <laughs> the EAC, if you will, for you Nemo fans, was going to be the Black Album since it was released in 94, but actually recorded in 87, we would end our 94-95 coverage with the Black Album, and that would give us a great segue into reloading the Love Sexy album, which immediately followed the Black Album. Yep. Chronologically. Anyway. Yep. 
just some cool things that I had either kind of forgotten about or was reminded about as I was editing this episode, Honda LaCilia and Spooky Electric. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, I didn't really understand who Spooky Electric was, was when his, we first started yeah, this podcast. I just, it, yeah. now it feels like I've, something I've always known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Honda LaCilia is like Prince's funky hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how you put it in this episode. Oh, was it? I yeah. don't remember what I, I said. I know you didn't, but that's why I pointed it out because I knew you wouldn't make the connection but no. the, yes that's exactly what you said and one thing that i just wanted to particularly point out that is um really super special is in love sexy the track if we go from cat glover mm-hmm. she, she starts a section of speaking and they alter the voices and it becomes prince's voice and it's yes, so cool it's cat's voice that kind of speeds up and as it speeds back down it eventually you realize oh right after like this uh-huh. kind of thing it turns back into prince that i remember that moment when we recorded this podcast because i thought it'd be really nice to hear it rather than just to talk about it. And now you can. Now you can. Now you can. Yep. So happy new year, friends. That's right. So thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch up with you at the end of the episode and let you know what we're talking about next time. Enjoy Love Sexy Reloaded. Welcome to the Mountains and the Sea podcast, a Prince retrospective where we listen to every song in the album. We choose our favorite song, our least favorite song, and a song that we feel encapsulates the time at which the album was recorded. My name is Christy. And and I'm Josh. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We cannot wait to get started, but first we want to tell you a little bit about ourselves. We're husband and wife. Really? (laughs) Yes, we are. I have always been like a very casual Prince fan. I can remember in the 80s hearing Little Red Corvette and loving it on the radio they didn't play it a lot in texas we had to be in vacation in los angeles for me to hear it on the radio for the very first time and i remember thinking it was just scandalous but so interesting and it wasn't until i met josh in the mid 90s that i became a larger fan And I grew up in the Midwest, not far from uh, Minnesota. And when I was in high school, actually junior high school, met a guy, a high schooler who had a car. And he would drive to Paisley Park uh, on the weekends and go to concerts and rehearsals that were open. And he'd walk in and then walk out with tapes of material that were either handed out or traded by other people who were there. And he would share those with me, drive uh, over to my house in his car and play the songs for me. And it was the first time that it ever struck me that when you listen to an album, that it's a culmination of months or years of work, that there's alternate versions and edits and creative decisions that are made throughout the recording process of an album. This was when I was 13 or 14 years old, so it really kind of opened my eyes to the amount of work and creativity that goes into creating music and creating an album and it just fascinated me so i stayed in touch with this guy forever and ended up on the bootleg circuit probably with some of you who are listening right now and just became a collector and stuck with it forever and never quit listening <laughs> and christy and i were lucky enough to go to a number of concerts the one night alone tour in houston and we were in the MPG Music Club and so cool. had access to a sound check before the concert. 
and Prince sat behind us in the crowd while we were walking in, you know, listening to the sound and coaching the band and Christy snuck up and touched the cymbal guitar when he <laughs> left to go change before the concert. I thought we were going to get thrown out, but fortunately, we did not. <laughs> we did not. That's one of my favorite stories to tell is I've touched Prince guitar, Prince's yeah, guitar. There was no was... way, no way I was going to do that. I knew better. I knew better than to do that. He was, he was going to let me sit outside while he watched the concert. I was not going to leave. No, so you were You not. were going to get kicked out. I was going to be there alone. Uh-huh. And I was going to go sit in the car. Josh has lots of good stories, so I look forward to hearing. I'm sure there's some I haven't heard. I probably heard a lot of them, most of them, but I look forward to hearing them again and um, sharing them with all of you. Actually, that whole story is kind of why Christy asked me which album should we start with, and my pick was Love Sexy, and part of the reason for that, it, it was about the time that this album came out in 1987, 1988, that I started uh, hearing unreleased music and rehearsed tracks and demos and that type of thing, so this album, for me... Uh, is sort of my true introduction to Prince, even though I'd listened to his music, you know, as a kid long before then. But as a 14-year-old in 1988 with a little bit of discretionary income from working at a drive-in restaurant, that's <laughs> that's where all my money went. I flipped burgers uh, on the weekends so I could buy bootlegs on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, Love Sexy, as Josh said. I'm interested to see how Christy's going to introduce this album. We have not talked about what we think of this album. <laughs> I think that she had not listened to this album all the way through ever before. This was probably the first time she'd ever listened to it. Um, she was fortunate enough to have it broken up into tracks for her because its That's initial right. release, it was one continuous track of whatever, 48, 49, 50 minutes of music. Uh, so if you wanted to listen to the last song, you had to listen to the entire CD or manually fast forward through the entire thing to get to the end. <laughs> Which, when it was on a tape, that you had to do that anyway. Yeah. But once it's on a CD, yep. Yeah. So why do you do you know why he did one track? Yeah, he wanted it to be listened to as a, a continual experience from start okay. to end. This was not an album that was piecemealed together. So to speak, it was a vision that he had. So mm. this wasn't a collection of songs that he felt worked together as an album. It was something that was primarily recorded start to finish to be an artistic statement. So he mm. didn't want it to be listened to in pieces. He wanted it to be heard beginning to end. Well, and it was a replacement. It was a replacement. It was, uh, it was this, a replacement is... for the Black Album, right? Very good. Yes. Someone's I've, been reading. I have, I've been doing a little reading. <laughs> and interestingly... We'll talk more about this um, in a later podcast. We're going to do another podcast on Love Sexy, and we're going to talk about um, some of the additional projects, music videos, fashion of the time, different... And uh, you said there's lots of um, good concerts available. Yep, B-sides uh, to singles, uh, that type of thing. Non, Non-album related material to the, mm-hmm. that particular era of yeah. the album. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth. But I did read that because the cover is so suggestive, Prince on the lilies with the stamen in a a uh, interesting spot. It was carefully chosen. It was carefully chosen and very deliberate. And the unibrow. And <laughs> he maybe should have 
invested in a uh, one of those no. ladies from he India was, to come to his place. He was, and he was trimming other parts of his body. <laughs> Obviously, album cover, you not can, the eyebrows. Yeah, you can see everything else he was trimming on the album cover. But because it was so suggestive, they ironically many record stores chose to cover the album in black paper which was interesting since it was a replacement for the black album which did end up coming out later yeah his the original album was the black album was supposed to come out after sign of the times in late 1987 thousands hundreds of thousands of copies of it were printed and at the last minute literally a few days before it was supposed to hit the streets prince decided I don't want to release this album. It's too dark. There's rumors that he had a drug experience that caused him to feel this way, but it widely became the most bootlegged album of all time um, when it was pulled off the shelves. I had a copy of it that was barely listenable for about seven years before it was finally (laughs) released, but this album, Love Sexy, was born out of the Black Album, so it's one of the few albums that he recorded that you could say definitely would not exist without the album that came before it. It just so happens that album didn't get released at the time. Mm-hmm. So, th- and this was a solo effort by Prince, correct? Primarily a solo effort by Prince. All the horn parts are mm-hmm. Eric Leeds, Alana Bliss. Um, right. There's obviously guest singers. Cat uh, does the rap on a lot of these right. songs. Sheila E. had a part of it also, and Bonnie Boyer and mm-hmm. Levi Caesar Jr. It was his touring band for sign of the times that primarily kind of were on the outskirts of this album but it's mostly Mm -hmm. a solo effort by prince yeah all right well let's dive into the the actual songs um so i i don't know how you prepared for this but i went through and listened to all of them uh, a few times and made just some some notes about my thoughts i'm sure you have I prepared for this podcast by buying the CD in May of 1988. (laughs) Yes. Josh has been preparing for this day his whole life. Aren't you also lucky? (laughs) No, I'm the lucky one. All right. I know. So do you, do you know? I know. I'm sure you do. He said new power generation. Welcome to the new power generation. Was this the first time that we saw New Power Generation? Very good. Okay. First time he referenced it in an album. Really? Um, the, the term New Power Generation. This was, again, Prince moving on from the golden years of the revolution and trying to make a statement that you know he was still a creative force to be reckoned with, which, of course, very few people doubted. Uh, but, again, building this identity, starting with this album, The New Power Generation, he refers to it at the beginning of the CD Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the album, and that would become his band name later, and would would really stick with him uh, throughout the rest of his career in different iterations of the NPG. The NPG, mm-hmm. yes, we were part of the yeah, NPG this... Music Club, as you said before. That's right, but and yes, this album opens with him simply saying, "Welcome to the new, new power, power generation." Oh, I would see, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure if that was the first time that it had been uh, released on a recording somewhere because it was the new power generation very boldly the first when i really started to become what i would consider a fan somebody who didn't just hear the songs on the radio and that, that was 95 yeah. yeah yeah so and i thought it was so sad that he said there was no smack in his brain and that's why it sounded in retrospect 
Gosh, that's heartbreaking. The reason why my voice is so clear is there's no smack in my brain. It is, although, I mean, it's not illicit drug use that right. led to his no. death. It was something much different. So what he was right. saying, again, this spawns off of uh, what a lot of people say is the reason for the Black Album being pulled, that uh. he had this vision because of a drug overdose, ecstasy, that uh-huh. this was an evil thing, the album was too nasty, too dirty, too mm. funky, and he didn't want it to be the last thing that he ever released if he weren't to make it. Of course, Nasty, little... dirty, funky is, you know, the best parts of 1980s yeah, you wonder, Prince. You wonder what a drug might have said to him after he released <laughs> Dirty Mind. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, and then Alphabet Street was the first single. Well, let's not leave I Know just yet. Oh, do you cool, have some more? some cool parts oh, of the song. Oh, well, please do. So it was also a song that was transformed out of another recording that was never released. No. Called The Ball. Uses the same horn track uh-huh. and a lot of the same background party noises, that type of thing, um, from a, another previous record that never saw the light of day. When I Know ends, there's some party noises and people making uh-huh. sounds in the background. And that was a segue between The Ball and a song called Join Repetition that mm-hmm. ended up on the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack right. later on. Um, and you can actually hear the same party noises on both albums. Um, so the whole um, segue between I Know and Alphabet Street is, you know, seen a lot today a couple times on Prince albums. So is the ball, does that have anything to do with Crystal Ball? It was on a configuration of the Dream Factory. Okay. Um, yep. The ball was there. It was a, you know, as much as a three CD set at one point, and it was part yeah. of a number of configurations of it. Okay. Again, that was an effort of Prince and the Revolution, and when they disbanded, okay. he moved on and put together Sign of the Times right. from the remnants of that for his solo effort. Right. And that's why that never okay. saw the light of day. Okay. All right. Now are we ready to move on to Alphabet Street? Sure, honey. (laughs) Okay, so this was the first single off of the album. This is a fun song. It is a fun song. (laughs) It's fun for uh, just being fun, and it's fun for what it really means if you start to listen to it a little more closely. So why don't you tell tell us what it really means? Oh, oh it's the well, oh, it's oral sex, right? Oh, oh, yes, yes I it forgot. Is. Yes, well, you know the, fir- the first line being <laughs> "I'm going down." Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Might be a small clue. Yeah. Yes. I was. I guess I was thinking of it a little too innocently, as much as I like the dirty, nasty Prince of the '80s. <laughs> but this song has the sound of innocence and a message of... of something much darker and deeper. Maybe not darker, just no. a little more sexy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I think innocence also because you hear it on the radio. It's uh-huh. got this fun rhythm guitar yeah. part to it. The drums are upbeat. Very, very simple. Yeah, Alphabet yeah, yeah. Street, you think you kind of think of like Sesame Street. You do think of Sesame Street. Yeah, this is not a place kind of... that Big Bird has ever been. <laughs> well, not not on Sesame Street, at least. Not on Sesame Street. Maybe on the HBO <laughs> well, version of Sesame Street. Well, that exp- that explains Horny Pony. Pony. Like you know you 
yes, because does. I wrote that down. It just it stuck out to me, so it was something I wrote <laughs> down, and I'm like, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, again, part of the rap at the mm-hmm. very end of the song. Right, wasn't part of the song that made it on the radio. That was a single edit that cut out that entire part. Oh, okay, but you know, leave it to Prince to release a single from an album called Love Sexy that sounds so innocent uh-huh. and is really about uh, oral sex. Yeah. Okay. And he says, New Power Soul. You know, New Power Soul. Gotcha. In this, Correct. I noticed that because the New Power Generation yep. and had me thinking about that because I just listened to I Know. So, and then there was New Power Soul. I'm like, for yeah, sure. This yeah. was a whole album of new terminology mm-hmm. coming from mm-hmm. Prince that hadn't been heard before. You know, Hundalicilia, kind of a funky hallelujah. Uh huh. And New Power Soul being part of that too. Prince was asked uh, many years ago, hey, when are you going to make a gospel album? Especially when he uh, stopped swearing uh-huh. and you know made his Jehovah Witness faith more, more prevalent in some of his music. And his answer to that was, I already made a gospel album and it's called Love Sexy. Oh, that's so cool. I did, I have to have to say, I did not like the sexy alphabet Oh, the, the, the uh, recitation, recitation at the end—I end. didn't like it. Well, I you don't it, like mouth sounds in, those, in your don't. ears, and that's exactly <laughs> what that was. That's... that's also true. The so, dog does the smacking, or the child does the smacking, yeah. and it makes me feel steady. So sorry, so, Ingrid Chavez. Yeah, I just—it just—it felt out of character with the rest of the song. But now that I'm looking at it. In hindsight, because not once did I, while I was listening to this album, now I've heard Alphabet Street many times. And as soon as I asked you what it was really about, I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So so since you were bothered by it, you probably didn't notice that she skipped a letter. I did. What letter did she skip? I don't remember. It's not so much what letter she skipped. It was G. was asked later why why is there a message there why did she skip g and she was preoccupied oh (laughs) so you can use your imagination to figure out what distracted her oh yeah no thank you okay um so do you ever wonder why he said he wanted a driver to tennessee to tennessee probably that's a popular word i kind of think it's the longest state and if you spell out the word tennessee Uh each letter with your tongue yeah that's yeah that's it it's probably fun yeah yep i would imagine so yeah he didn't take her to texas Uh, no no i don't know x's I think S's are probably a little more popular. Are you ready to move on? Go for it. All right. Glam Slam. The Thank second you, ma'am. S- the second single. I really like this. It was it was very 80s. Very fun. It was, it was good. I liked it. You like it? I do. This was one that I never could really... I thought it was a little cheesy at the time, oh. and I still do. Yeah. But, you know, musically, I love it. I love the guitar work in it. It is mm-hmm. kind of a 
90s glam rock kind of pop single. The uh, video with he's kind of has this blindfold on and it's a very solo kind of effort in the video. I think kind of hmm. encapsulates, a little, encapsulates a little bit. I think the other reason that Glam Slam bugs me just a little bit is um, I just never could get into the extended version of it. It just kind of sounds extremely dated to me. Um, a little too much trying, I think, to be to create this kind of aura or sensation around the album. Mm. So this wasn't a high point for me, and I didn't think it was a really great single choice either. But I'm just one person mm-hmm. with a podcast. Yeah, oh, well, that's fine. That's why we're here, is to hear your opinion. Yeah, but I can see why you would like it. Thinking, oh, you know, looking really? at the kind of music you like today, kind of huh. that soaring rock guitar yes. kind of thing and this had if, if that kind of music was made in 1988 mm-hmm. that's I what it would sound like I was a big fan of hair bands at the time yeah. so middle school yeah yeah I liked me some hair bands yeah this so definitely that a hair very, band kind of track yeah agreed great do you have any interesting stories about glam slam about how I avoided it yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> You know, it obviously it held a, a a place in Prince's heart. He named his nightclubs after it. He had a Glam yeah. Slam nightclub in Miami and in Minneapolis that were named after the song. Right. Um, so it obviously well, held a special place they, in, in his heart. Were they named after the song, or was it just because it was catchy, or that it rhymed, or? You know, two four-letter words. I mean, there could be a lot of reasons. Maybe but, all those things. Yeah. But, I mean, the song came first, and the mm-hmm. nightclubs came later many years after. So right. I always thought of it as a hearkening back to the song. Yes. All right. How about Anastasia? I thought it was pretty and sad. It is very sad. Now, there's a reason why he closed our first concert together with the song uh-huh. too. It's truly talking to God. You know. Yeah about the piece that you find there it's, you know it's it's a, a name anesthesia but mm-hmm. also anesthesia right the kind of Same. peace and calmness and you there's no more pain mm-hmm. uh, once you someday meet god yeah um it's kind of how i saw it. the baby grand piano starting the songs a little like starfish and coffee In that way, it reminded me of another song of his, but it was something that he had never really said so clearly. There was a documentary made of the Love Sexy Tour, and there was this British guy that they are just random concert goer guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like, you know, why do you why do you like Prince? And he looks at the camera and his cute little British voice and his 1988 hair and says, well... Prince has the nerve to say God is alive. How many people are saying that these days? No. And this song really, you know, said that to me. No. How about Dance On? I love Dance On. Really? Absolutely love Dance On. If you don't like it, then you're not alone. And people on the internet and on Prince.org have a lot of the same opinion that it's just kind of a noisy mess. But that's why I like it, especially coming out of... Anastasia and it being you know the first song of side two that's how Uh I think of it also because I heard it on cassette the first time I love the uh I don't know the dirty kind of street beat of the whole thing Mm -hmm. um the lyrics are fun I don't know there's just a lot about it that I that I have always liked I understand why people don't like it right but um I'm putting it above glam slam on the top really songs okay well it was not my C. It was not the bottom. 
Okay. For me. C-S-E-A. Yeah. S-E-A. Gotcha. Yeah. It was not... The, the, the nicest thing Christy can say about Dance On is, is that it was not the bottom of the album. I wrote down, didn't care for it. Didn't care for it. What? Not hated it. Not terrible mess. Hmm. Didn't hate it. What particularly about it did you not I, like? I just, I just, it did not. It's not the song on the album that I'll go back and listen to. Huh. I think. I won't put it in my mixtape. Gotcha. For me, it was almost like a dance version of Sign of the Times. It was a little bit of social justice and what's happening in the world at the time with about grenade launchers. Grenade launcher rolls in the television sky. Uh, Eminem killers playing Mickey Mouse games. Eminem killers playing Mickey Mouse games. That kind of stuff reminded me a lot of the approach from Sign of the Times, just a, a more danceable kind of song, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I sort of was drawn to it. Hmm. Well, that's all super valid. I'm glad to hear I'm not alone, but it's not not anything that I terribly disliked. Just not mm. not one that I would not I wouldn't actively avoid it. Gotcha. Yeah. It, he also, this is one of the first instances that I can think of off the top of my head where he calls out an instrument in the middle of a song on an album. No, He's, that's cool. You know, notorious for doing that live. Right. But, you know, in the middle of the song, he just, there's a little soft part where he says, there's a bass guitar in this. And then you start realizing, oh, hell yeah, there's a bass guitar in this. And it's <laughs> awesome. You go back and listen to it and just pay attention uh-huh. to the bass in the song. And mm-hmm. it's very cool. There's a bass guitar in Awesome. Prince is trying to help you out here, so take his advice. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he has... If he's giving me advice, I darn well better take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The... Title track? The title track. Here we are. Title track. Love Sexy. He said he talked about new power again. He did all throughout yep. uh, the title track of this song. That yep. is it for sure. Yes. He had a deeper voice. He, he used a less falsetto type voice yeah. um, throughout the song, and I, I liked that. That was a, a really? interesting Do you for me. Prefer the lower N- register? No, or? I just liked the contrast of it. Hmm. Listening to it as a whole, I don't mind his falsetto at all. Hmm. But and that and I'm not. I don't particularly care for falsetto singers. Like for men? Yes. All right. Well, not for women either. I prefer uh, men. For... Well, we've got that covered. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, as uh, s- singers, I typically prefer men. I understand. Yeah. And then you ask Prince what he liked, and he would say, I don't like men's voices. I prefer women's voices. He huh. preferred higher registers really? and songs. Yeah. Hmm. You know, for for me, this song reminded me a lot of 1999 with the uh, kind of synth part. New power, new power, give it to me. You know, I can't think of another musician that could make a song and leave you wondering, you know, what the hell was that about? Was it about <laughs> sex? Is it about love? Is it about God? And that was what this album's yes. all about, that they're all, in his mind, one thing. Mm-hmm. So this was that coming together for me. And the mixing of male and female in the song... I don't know if you remember, there's this part where Kat is talking to him and her voice 
gets higher and higher and higher and it reaches, reaches right. a point where she screams a little bit and then it starts to lower and lower and lower and it turns into Prince's voice. Oh, it's very sexy, it's, it's, very... That's a rewindable moment right uh, there. Yeah. I don't want to make love to you. I just want to look at you. I just want to listen to you. Uh, oh, pretty little widow. You got me dripping. Dripping all over the floor. The floor. If I come back as a woman, I want a body like yours. A body like yours. Gender bending, for sure. sort of, yep, yeah, intertwining of the two. Even the you know wondering is it it's about sex, which some people could see as you know dirty, nasty. Is it about God? I think he played with that a little bit too by purposely censoring himself in this. Also, mm-hmm. there's a yes, there's an intentional beep in the song that covers up a curse word that you're like, why would he do that in an album where he could do whatever he wanted? And to me, I think that was just further blurring the lines and or making a point that it's about putting the good and God and sex together. And some people see it as, you know, taboo. And he saw it as, well, I'm going to cover part of this just to make it kind of more sexy. But then I'm going to unleash it on you and some of these other parts of the song. That's cool. And I, I liked the echo from I Know. Rain is wet, sugar is sweet. Rain is wet, sugar is sweet. Ah, very good. I li- I'm glad I, you realized that. You know, I yep. picked up on that, and it really reminded me that it was a cohesive piece of work. It was not tracks on an album. It was an experience. Yeah, that was one of the first times i think also on a prince album where there's some self-referencing happening mm-hmm. on the album he does yes. this a lot later on but yes yeah the album opens with you know ingrid chavez saying rain is wet sugar is sweet and it turns into a chorus yeah uh, kind of part in in the title track later on mm-hmm. rain is wet and sugar is sweet you have anything else you want to say about love sexy about that particular song? No, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, when two are in love, I thought it was sweet. Nothing's forbidden, nothing's taboo. That's very, it's, you can definitely take that as sexual because, like, you can do whatever it is that you want to do when mm-hmm. you're in love with the person as long as everybody's, uh, how do they call it, GGG, good giving and game in your sex life. But I also thought, you know, it's a way of not censoring yourself with the person that you love and just being very, like, open and honest and you don't have to hide who you truly are, which I thought was also kind of going back to the spirituality thing, you know, nothing's forbidden, nothing's taboo between you and God. God knows it all anyway. So, you know, you can be honest and open in that part of your relationship too. Yeah. By the, when this album came out, most hardcore Prince fans had already heard the song because it's uh-huh. the one holdover from the Black Album that made it onto Love really? Sexy. Did you oh. not see that? In no, your... I did not in my research. Go. Yes, if you go back and listen to uh, the Black Album, this is it, note for note, beat for beat. The entire thing was lifted straight oh. from the Black Album. It's the one song that made it onto Love Sexy. Was it on the later release of the Black Album as yep. well? Okay. Yep, the later release was exactly as it was originally recorded. There weren't any changes made from it, uh, made to it when it saw the light of day. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm interested to know if you aren't a fan of the falsetto, then how did this song strike you? Because it's primarily drums and a man's high voice singing this entire song. Like I said before, I don't, I don't mind Prince's falsetto. I do, I don't. Not on the whole. There mm-hmm. are times when I don't care for it, but on the whole. He is the exception to my rule of not liking men. Well, I say that. I say that. I don't like men singing in falsetto. But Freddie Mercury is one of my absolute favorites, which you know. And he also, but he is also a rare talent who can do the falsetto properly. I think Mm -hmm. maybe I just don't like it when they suck at being a falsetto. All right. (laughs) Hey, if you sing out there, don't suck if you do it high. Well, and I'm not one to judge. I'm just going to say I don't care for it. (laughs) I'll change the radio station on you if you suck at falsetto. (laughs) So you called it sweet, too. I mean, parts of the song are sweet. Other parts are extremely dirty, too. I just wondered if you picked up on that listening to it, that some of the lyrics are the thought of his tongue in the V of her Uh love. Yeah. thought of his tongue is deep Yes, but even that was sort of sweet to me. Well, it was it's, like it's gentle it's a, and tender. Yes. It's not exploitation or yeah, yes, uh, you know, super dirty talk. Right? Yeah, he finds which, a way to do the dirty talk in a really tender way. Yes, which I I think that's sweet. I think it's really nice. It's like playing to your audience. You know, I'm not a Who's going to put down the dirty talk? Yeah, I know but you're not easily offended no, by much. No. <laughs> nope. That's very true. Yeah. It didn't bother me. All right. Yeah. Well, I love what I love doing, too, is going back and listening to, you know, some really superior editing to me. If you listen how Love Sexy turns into when two are in love, mm-hmm. and then go back and listen to the Black album and realize how the song really starts on just a simple downbeat, oh. and Love Sexy, Love Sexy kind of crescendos into when two are in love, and it's done pretty masterfully really? when you listen to them both. Aww. That's not anything that I would have noticed. I'm not, you know, you're way more into this than I am. And I mean, it's part of, you're an artist. It's part of your job. Noticing those nuances, even in a medium that's maybe not your area of expertise is something you were extremely good at. Yeah, no, it just spoke to me, you know, good choice to carry this one out over from the Black Album and making it fit in seamlessly where you've got an album of, music that was recorded and basically written and recorded in basically a three month period and you know one of the one of the songs on the album was from a different source and it fits in perfectly mm-hmm. it's pretty cool yeah all right i wish you heaven was the third single again to me not a great single choice yeah um i think it's the song's a little short to, mm-hmm. okay. for me and a little uh, I don't want to say monotonous, but it is kind of a single note from start to end. There True. is not a high point or a low point to the song. And I think that's even, um, you know, we'll talk about the videos in the next episode. But this was kind of this very 1980s green screen, left to right scrolling video right. that moves at kind of a medium tempo pace. And, you know, is a great representation of the song to me. And you can't really argue with the message. It's a very, very simple song. It's got... Very few lyrics to it at all. Well, I'm going to say I thought it was dated, but it was really, I thought it was really 
pretty. It's pretty. It doesn't have a lot of lyrics. You right. can sing along to it. I I can see why it might have been a why he chose it as a single. You play it on the radio. You hear it four or five times. You know all the words. You can sing along. Isn't that what the casual fan wants? They want a song that they've heard on the top forty radio station that they can sing along to. That's true. But I think you also are looking for. The casual fan is looking for, well, where's my let's go crazy guitar solo? Or where's mm-hmm. my cool no bass thing in When Doves Cry? Or where's my awesome hook from Kiss? And this song doesn't have any of those things. It's very exposing, kind of, you know, laying his soul out there and saying that all he wants is for you to be happy, essentially, is is the song. Right. So I don't know that that's a top 40 radio message, but mm. that doesn't mean that it wasn't a beautiful song. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think it takes a lot of charisma and self-awareness to pick a song that's, as you're single, that's maybe doesn't fit with the top 40 of the day and that's that's a pretty gutsy thing to do which you know he was a pretty gutsy guy when it came to his music oh yeah i don't envy anyone who is sitting in a room with prince trying to decide well what are the singles going to be from this album because it's not an easy thing to do the Whatever, one obvious one you know, is... he sat there and he said this is the one we're releasing and this is the one we're releasing and this is the oh, one we're releasing he didn't, he didn't always get his way with that too and mm, that was part of true. you know the struggles that he ran into later yeah. was complete control so i don't know for a fact that that happened with this song um mm. but it just struck me as great song i like it i just don't know that the radio was ready for it then or now yeah that's fair positivity have you had your plus sign today <laughs> yes i thought what a snack what, what a, a snack, snack. <laughs> have you have you had your plus Ooh, sign today new mini frosted plus signs <laughs> it does kind of sound like a like a breakfast cereal sugar-coated breakfast cereal uh, from hey, the 80s hey the estate if you're listening we get a cut of this <laughs> make breakfast snacks out of plus signs plus signs and some w's because you dream in W's. That's right, not in Z's. Mm-hmm. In W's, just mm. to be different. Yeah, or will. Do you dream straight up? Do you dream in W's? They're, they're wins. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I took it, was you're dreaming in your positivity, you're dreaming in your wins, you're dreaming in your uh. the successes that you've had in your, or hoping for. Yeah, I can see that. I just mm-hmm. saw it, you know, well, of course, I'm listening to it, too, with partially yes. a 14-year-old's <laughs> mind, because that's how it started with me. But I saw it as, um, you know, most people have Zs coming out of their head, you know, if you think of them as a cartoon, uh-huh. and here Prince is saying, no, that's not me. I do it differently, so I don't even dream with Zs. Oh, I, I dream, dream in Ws. Ws. Oh, yeah. we'll see. And maybe that's me bringing today's pop culture because you know people talk about the wins i'm looking for the win um Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of maybe in a 20 teens vernacular yeah that i'm applying to it but isn't that no it's great that that, it still means something 30 years after it was recorded yeah that's very cool yeah what did you think of the whole spooky electric narrative that you know started and finished with this song did you not catch on that 
really. Oh, he made references throughout this album to spooky electric, and that was uh-huh. his sort of funky term for the devil throughout this oh, entire album. I didn't know that. That oh, spooky electric funny. won't be your boss. If this, if you live this way, then the, the devil will stay away from you. So it's sort of his roadmap in a way uh-huh. for, you know, speaking from experience, the listener would gather, um, that this is how you give yourself to God and this is how you turn your back on the devil. So there was this, you know, spooky electric vibe and that was his funky way of talking about, you know, who Satan is and mm-hmm. um, fitting into the song Positivity. Did not oh, catch no. that, but... Yep. Yeah, we got to do some re-listening. Yes, I will definitely have to. I'm surprised. I'd be very. I'd be very surprised if you didn't have some mouth noises notes on this song too, because there's a moment at the end of the song where he's clearly has something in his mouth and is talking (laughs) like directly into the microphone. It didn't bother me. Oh man, we'll point it out later, and uh, yeah. And then I won't ever be able to listen to positivity again. No, you'll have a lot of negativity towards positivity. It'll all start feeling stabby. <laughs> Don't kiss the beast. All right, so this is the mountains and the sea podcast. So we have to pick a mountain, pick a sea, and then we're also going to pick a time capsule. So um, let's start with the time capsule. Oh, okay. What was your choice? Oh, my choice was easy for this one is Alphabet Street. This song just, um, whenever I think of this album or I see the album cover, um, I can hear the yeah, yeah, yeahs and the little rhythm guitar part that's so simple on this Uh this track. Um, The electronic drums, the hidden nastiness to the whole thing, which was a little bit of what this album was about too, that you can be... A believer and a uh, devote your life to God and still relish in you know the the, fle- the fleshy gifts that God has given to all of us. <laughs> fleshy gifts. <laughs> so, uh, and it may just be from my experience, you know, being around and paying attention when Alphabet Street came out as a single before the album ever ever um, was released. So, um, and and the video, which we'll talk about in another episode, is so 1988 yeah. and just so unapologetically yeah. cheap that it's cool yes and that when i think of the late 80s i think of a lot of unapologetically cheap stuff and and this song reminds me of that mm-hmm. just uh we just a, have to get something to put on mtv exactly yeah yes yeah, so let's just put something together vhs quality have some floating letters maybe a green screen <laughs> where i try to drive a car but i'm clearly not driving it <laughs> And, and we'll make a go of it. Somebody's off to the side blowing a fan and some salt spray on me. So That's it looks right. like I'm near the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. My time capsule was Glam Slam. Oh, really? Because it just I like it just. Glam rock to you. It was. Yes, it really did. It was December 1987. This is where the 80s found its groove. Mm. It was the dance, it was the corny. You, did that it was corny. mean well and that's yeah. the 80s they were yeah. it was corny i mean they're i'm tur- think i'm turning japanese <laughs> also a song that was corny and dirty yeah now you know i said that, that it wasn't was, it was not my favorite song of the album no. that i didn't really care for it a great deal right. but 
lyrically, you know, the soul of Prince is is right on the surface of the song there for yeah. you to grab with just quirky lyrics, heavy feather flick a nipple, baby scram, water <laughs> ripple. Where does this come from? It's just this weird state of, you know, creativity. So I see where you're coming from. Yeah. All right. What was your C, your low point? Oh, this pains me. I'm in so much pain Uh, right now. Oh, I know. It's hard for you to choose. It's like, which of your children is your least favorite? You're not really supposed to have an opinion. All right. Here's my C. It absolutely does kill me to say this, but I've got to hand it. To the album version of I Wish You Heaven as the rock bottom of Love Sexy. I just found it from the beginning when I first heard it uh, to today. I just found it a little one-dimensional that it never really goes anywhere. And, you know, I know Kurt Loder made this point of uh, simplicity as a keynote of art. So it's, it's hard to sit here and say that some things are beautiful because they're simple. But that this song is a low point on the album because it is so one-dimensional. It's... The, the real reason it hurts me to say this is because the 12-inch version of this song is one of my all-time favorite Prince really? tracks, period. So I've huh. got a yin and a yang here on this one song. <laughs> the album edit, I think, is just falls flat for me. Uh-huh. The 12-inch version is the epitome of Prince, how he can take a song that you thought was going nowhere uh-huh. and be like, hey, check this out, sucker. I'm going to open your eyes and take you to places that you never thought you could go. Really? Hmm. Sorry, I wish you heaven. Oh, poor I wish you heaven. Not Josh's favorite. Yeah. I didn't, I know, was probably my least what? favorite. What? What? <laughs> is <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. It just wasn't, it just didn't, it didn't feel like it was not the kind of song that I it's again not going to put this one on my mixtape it's not the kind of song that I'm going to go back and learn all the words to and I like learning the words to songs it's fun mm-hmm. it's, I like it when there's not a lot of them Okay. I like it when there's a whole lot of them and it's really hard to remember because it's super fun to sing a song that has a whole lot of words uh-huh. when you know them all Okay. and it's also really fun to just be able to be bop along too. Yeah. No, this was a serious business for an album opener it was, for it Prince. Was, well, and it was. It was an. It and it felt like an album opener. That maybe, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. It felt like an album opener to me. Hmm. Well, I mean, it definitely was. It set the tone for the album with. I know there is a heaven. I know there is a hell. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. I've got a story to tell. This was setting up the entire the entire batch of songs that you're about to hear. So, it. You make me sad. No, sorry. I, I don't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to agree to disagree. Fine. I'll tell you my mountain because uh, I want to let you finish this up with your mountain. All right. But um, And also because it has to do with your C, my mountain was I Wish You Heaven. Your mountain was I Wish You so Heaven. I really like that song. She had this tiny little song that made a whole big mountain for you. You did. (laughs) It was the it was the small faith that moves the mountain, and you know it was it was just. I thought it was pretty. Mm -hmm. It was like you said, easy to sing along to. Yes, it was one note, but it wasn't very super long, so it didn't feel like a one note that lasted too long. 
I get it because yeah. uh, it was rare that um, Prince would lay down a you know just a three minute song and and be done with it. Right. Um, clearly, he wasn't done with the song. If you've got well, access to, clearly not. to the long version of the song, he was nowhere near done with <laughs> "I Wish You Heaven" when he finished when he recorded this song. But uh, very interesting. You know, I thought about what is the song that she would like the best off of this album, knowing you hadn't heard the entire thing, and I right. knew there were some songs that you had never heard before, probably too. And uh, I thought it would be Glam Slam. I thought that oh, would be your you thought thing. that would be? But the sound of Glam Slam and the sound of I Wish You Heaven, they do have a little bit in common with this kind of well, and underlying I... uh, guitar and, you know, kind of heavy drums, that kind of thing. So Well, I and I found them you. both very dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I found I Wish You Heaven dated in a way that was a lot more appealing than Glam Slam. I didn't yeah. I thought Glam Slam was fun, but mm-hmm. it was not my favorite kind of eighties. This was more the eighties that I would choose to listen to. Yeah. You like it's, to revisit it? Yeah. I mean and I don't and I'm not one that's gonna revisit the eighties mm. a lot. I liked the eighties a lot when I was in high school and and then there was Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Yeah, and they went in a different I kinda, direction. And then I and then you introduced me to Prince's More Than Purple Rain and Little Red Corvette. Yep. But then I also think like I Wish You Heaven and Glam Slam is a little bit of Prince's precursor to if there was a version of Prince Grunge, it had to take the form of a song like Glam Slam right. or I Wish You Heaven. It wasn't just going to be you know, marbles in my mouth kind of music. Yes. It was going to be something a little more meaningful than that, especially for Prince at this time. Yeah. So I see where you're coming from. Yeah. All right. So tell us your mountain. All right. Well, I'm going back um, to a song we've already, we we talked about at length. We talked talked about about, them all. And we talked about all the songs in this album. (laughs) (laughs) If you're picking one that we haven't talked about, then we have a problem. That's right. You've missed the point of the podcast. Well, no, you missed the hidden track. Oh, no, only because you didn't put it in my (laughs) iTunes for me. I think think a lot of diehard Prince fans um, would choose Anesthesia as the pick for the mountain or the high point of this album, and I could not disagree with them. It, It truly is, and it's a song that stood the test of time. And a song that Prince himself came back and revisited for some of the tours that clearly meant the most to him, like the One Night Alone tour that you and I saw. Right. He, this this is the song that closed right. out the tour, um, so it was rare for him to go back to a song that was at the time 13 years old and make it a, a, sh- a showcase piece. Man, it was 13 years old. It was 13 years old. And it's 30 old. now. Yep, yep. We, we're nearly dead. <laughs> No, no, we're seasoned. Yeah, we're we have seasoned. a lot of interesting things to say because yeah. oh, yes, we've we lived do. some life. We have. Um, <laughs> so while I'll hand it to diehard Prince fans, many of you I know are going to say Anesthesia is the one, but for me, there's no turning away from the title track of the album, um, Love Sexy, the way it harkened back to 1999 to me a little bit with the sense, but really didn't borrow from that song. Um, you know, it was just kind of a same sort of approach and a completely different take. It was like a gospel version of 1999 to me. Um, you know, again, I thought the lyrics were really complex, so the type of maturity they had to, to craft a song like that. 
And, you know, you get through it, and again, you're thinking, is this a song about sex? Is this a song about love? Is it a song right. from the, the standpoint of a man or from the standpoint of a woman? And it was a blending of all those things that I think he did so well um, that made the song stand out to me. Um, you know, just it's Prince so artfully mixed together in a gender-bending role that I think only he could, he could pay off, he could uh, pull off. And, you know, just for that reason alone, I thought that's that's got to be the mountain of this album for me. Yeah. Well, and you can't discount the fact that he named this album Love Sexy. I mean, that is that is the name of it. And that's got to tell you something about the title track. There's there's something there was something there for him that was it was the heart and soul of the album. Yeah, this is what all the other songs, you know, re revolved around the sun that was Love Sexy at yeah, the time. That's awesome. So cool. It's really, it was nice to sit down with my husband and chat for a while about something that he knows an awful lot about and that I know some about. Well, and I feel like for us, that's a role reversal because you are the smart one of the family. Oh, that's not true. So but thank to sit you. down and talk about something where, I don't know, I haven't purposely spent my life listening to this music to record any thoughts on it. But I know. for you to want to do it with me is a lot of fun. So this is my birthday gift, by the way. This is what I asked for for my birthday was to be able to sit down with my husband a couple times a month and chat about something that he loves. Yeah, well, that's not that's a pretty selfless birthday. No, gift no, because for you, it's you want to spend time doing something together with something that you knew that I could do without much preparation, and that you would have to do a lot of work to prepare for. Mm. So, thanks for listening to mm -hmm. the album with yeah, me. Absolutely. So, next time we're going to talk about. Um... So, for all of you listeners, we appreciate you so much being here, and uh, we want to connect with you. You can email us at tmatspodcast, T-M-A-T-S podcast at gmail.com, the mountains and the sea. That's what TMATS stands for. You can search TMATS podcast on Facebook and you can reach us on the tweets at TMATS podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if there's something you have heard that you want us to talk about, yeah, or tell us what you disagree with. Too, yeah, tell us your mountain, tell us your seat, tell us your time capsule, and, you know, tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're awesome and right. I, that's more what I want to hear. But if you want to tell us that we're wrong about something, <laughs> I'll take it under advisement. True. And also I have to say thank you to uh, the folks over on Prince.org, PrinceVault.com, which is just this awesome resource of information. Uh, that uh, we couldn't do this without, and it's out there for free for everyone to take a look at. Um, I would also encourage you to buy this album if you've ever been in a dark spot and thought, I wonder if Prince ever recorded an album to help me find God. This, this is, is the one. You're not going to find it anywhere else. This is no. the one. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I'm Josh. And I'm Skinner. And we host PredictoCast. On this podcast, we watch the first 10 minutes of movies we know nothing about and then try to predict what happens next. It's like very low-stakes gambling. We've covered movies with talking dogs, fake legs, sexual medical dummies, and Santa Claus. New episodes are released every week, and you can find us wherever you get podcasts or at PredictoCast.com. We predict you're going to love this show. All right. 
Thanks so much for checking out that first episode. Our audio quality is a little better now, though I do have to say I was a little uh, less bothered by the quality. Yes, I remember asking you, what did it sound like complete crap when you went back to listen to that? Because with all the money we've made from this podcast, (laughs) we've invested in audio equipment that uh, does improve things quite a bit. Yeah. It's amazing. We're just rolling in it. And by in it, I mean debt. <laughs> yes. But it's fun. It is fun. We're we, paying for our own entertainment. Yeah, exactly. We enjoy yes. it, and we yeah. hope that you do, you too. You listening is just a bonus. Yeah, really, it's, true. We just sit here and listen to ourselves talk. So what are we going to cover next time, Josh? Yeah. Uh, so Christy's assignment over our little holiday break 2020 was reloading Love Sexy. My assignment was deciding what are we going to start off on next after spending months on 1994, 1995. We're going to fast forward and rewind back to 1999 because we covered the 1999 album actually just a couple months before the estate announced that they were going to release a super deluxe edition of 1999. So while we recorded the original double album, there are now three discs of new audio material that we need to look at and one video concert that we need to watch. So we're going to get started on that on the first of the two vault discs that are part of 1999 Super Deluxe Edition. So it'll be disc three from that set, disc four from, no, three from that set. Yes, because while the remastered edition of 1999 is great, personally, I don't feel like it's worth an entire full episode to revisit the album remastered. Is it an improvement? Yes. Would I have noticed it listening it on listening to it on headphones? And if it had just come up and I didn't know it was remastered, probably not. Okay. So we'll focus on the two vault discs and the one Detroit concert audio mm-hmm. disc. And then there's a um, video disc DVD as well. Okay. We'll so, cover in that order. Okay. So vault Disc number one. Yes. So disc number three. Yes. Because disc number two is uh, edits and B-sides and promo singles, that kind of thing. All of which we've basically covered already, too. So I didn't feel like that was worth a complete revisit also. We start with the vault discs and touch on those other things, too. Okay. Sounds great. Lots of material that Christy has never heard before. Mm -hmm. I've spent... The month since November 2019, almost listening to it exclusively. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, so there are some songs that we did cover. We did a second episode of 1999 covering some outtakes, but nothing in the kind of quality that we have now. Sweet. Upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. Yes. Yep. So tune in, download, subscribe, listen again. Yeah, and join us on the social media. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We know you have a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio, and we so appreciate you taking the time to listen, and we hope that you'll join us again next time. Thanks for listening. Forge audio. Dream it. Build it. Share it. Prince podcast. All about Prince. And his Isn't proliferation. <laughs> a purple... I can't think of a P word that means music. 
pop filters. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Sure, you can use those and put them in your sound effects library. <laughs> I, I might do that, actually. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> you hiding? <laughs> Josh. 